I'll let you take your seats because I know you all have been standing for quite some time. Let us pray. Father God, what a privilege and an honor it is to stand before your people today, to stand in this place. Father, I do not take it lightly. I thank you for anointing me afresh, anointing my mind, anointing my lips. I pray that my tongue would be the very oracle of God, writing the word of truth. Lord, none of me, but all of you. May you get all glory. Father, I cast aside all of my opinions, motives, agendas, so that your word can flow clearly through me. Father, I thank you for these, your people. Thank you for um, inclining their ears even now, opening their hearts and minds that may, they may receive, not from me, but from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And I have to be obedient. The Lord just checked me. He said, no, they will receive from you and from me, from me through you. So amen. I hear you, Lord. All right. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to see all the mothers here today. Um, let, wave your hand at me if you're a mom. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning. And, and celebrate our day together. Um, I'm not going to say out loud what I want to say um, because this is being recorded. But yes, I'm also a mother. Um, yes. So <laughs> um, and, and yes, so we're, we're I'm so excited about the message um, that I've been just mulling over for months. Uh, because I don't, I think it's not only pertinent to the mothers, but it's also pertinent to every woman, to every um, future father, future mother, um, to every man, to every boy and girl, uh, to everybody. Um, and I'm just so excited. I hope I don't get ahead of myself. If I go too fast, you can just kind of wave your hand at me and I'll slow down. Okay. Um, so I'm going to get all of my devices synced up. The name of this message is... Oh, no, not that. That's the scripture from last week. I apologize for that. Oh, and God chose Mary. OK, so if you'll go with me to Jeremiah one, chapter four and five, that's our text this morning. And when you have it, say, I've got it. If you need more time, say, hold on, hold on. OK, I want you all to see it. OK, we're all set. All right. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. Now, this is pertaining to the call of Jeremiah, the prophet, as a youngster. And he says in verse 4, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Let me read um, verse 5 one more time. Before I formed you, in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So God chose Jeremiah. God chose Jesus. And I want to submit to you today that God chose Mary. God chose Mary because if he knows us before we are created, before we are formed in our mother's womb, how much more would our intentional God also choose the ones who carry us? So today, it's my great honor to present to you Mary and attributes of Mary um, as shown in the scripture uh, uh, that could testify to why God may have chosen her. 
and how we can look at those characteristics and also aspire to them as mothers. Um, I think sometimes we just we know things from the scripture. Or we just know things in general and we don't take the time to think through them. But God is very specific. You know, he knows every hair on our heads. He knows everything about us. So there's nothing that's happenstance with God. If God chose Jesus, he chose Mary. All right. So God knows us before we are in the womb. That's established by this scripture. Jeremiah, the prophet, was a young a, a, a child at that time. And he heard from God about his call to prophet, prophetic ministry. So we know from the scripture that God knows who's called to ministry before they're born. Um, we could also say that because we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation, that God knows all of us before we are formed in our mother's womb. So it's not just those who are called to ministry. It's not just Jeremiah. It's not just Jesus. It's every child ever born throughout time. We are chosen. God chose us. God formed us and he knew us before we were in our mother's wombs. So mothers today, let's think about the fact that God chose us to bear these very specific and chosen and called children that he's placed in our lives. If God knows you before the womb, he in his divine wisdom is choosing your mother as well. Let me say that again. If God knows you before the womb, he in his divine wisdom is choosing your mother as well. And if you're a mother, he's choosing you as a mother. Jeremiah's call is a type of Jesus's call. But it also indicates that for each of us, our destiny is known by God before we are even conceived. Before Jesus was conceived, we know he had he always has been even in the beginning, according to John one. Let's go to John one. That's the gospel of John chapter one. And I apologize right now. Your fingers are going to be working, whether you're in a physical manual Bible, material Bible or on a digital device. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures this morning because I want you to see this like the Lord showed it to me. Verse one of chapter uh, of John, the, the book of John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So we see that Jesus has been from the beginning, okay, as established there in the word. I wanted you to see that because we can't just talk about Jesus's um, deity, but also his humanity when we're talking about him being born through Mary. Amen. So God chose Jeremiah. God chose Jesus even before the foundations of the world, as the scripture says. But God also chose Mary to be the mother of his only begotten son. Okay, so what we wanna to do today is look at Mary's character, as I said earlier, as described in scripture, and take some attributes away from this that will encourage every mother, past, present, and future, so that you may know you were chosen and are chosen to be the mother of the fruit of your womb. All right, so that was my introduction. So let us get down to it. So God chose Mary. Let's talk about Mary. I think we, we all know, right, that she was the mother of Jesus, but I have some autobiographical historical facts here that I found out. Um, and, you know, the thing about historical facts outside of the scripture is that they could or could not be true. But um, most of this, you know, has been um, recorded multiple times through history. So historians feel safe in making an assumption that it could be true. 
Mary was born around 20 or 23 BC. They're not sure which year. She was betrothed to Joseph around 8 or 11 BC, which means she was about 12 years old when she was um, when she became engaged to this man. And the angel Gabriel came to visit her um, between the ages of 13. Or, or, well, actually, she was either 13 or 16. It just depends on her birth date, because that was around 7 BC when Gabriel appeared and said, you're going to be the mother of the son of God. According to historical books, her parents were Anne and Joachim. Joachim was a healthy man. And I, uh, I'm sorry, a wealthy man. He's probably healthy too, but he was a wealthy man. He was rich. I want you to remember that as we go on and proceed with this, um, this message. He was wealthy. So Mary was the daughter of a wealthy man, according to historical accounts. Um, but the Bible is silent on who her parents were. We understand that, right? The Bible doesn't tell us who Mary's parents were. We know her lineage because that was also important to God. Um, because, yeah, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Historical accounts also suggest that from the ages of 3 to 12, Mary was educated in the temple under the tutelage of her cousin-in-law, Zechariah the priest. So do we know who Zechariah the priest is? Yeah, yeah Zechariah was John the Baptist's father. And Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, that was her husband. So again, remember that. Two things I want you to remember. That... It was likely that Mary was the daughter of a wealthy man and that she was educated in the temple from the ages of 3 to 12 by Zechariah. Okay, so let's open up some other scriptures. This is going to sound like a Christmas message for a minute, but I promise you it's not. You stay with me. Okay, so let's go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at, because Luke's account starts with the birth of, ba of John the Baptist, we're going to look at Zechariah really quickly. Let's start with verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. I want to stop there. You know, um, some, the, the Bible talks a lot about there being a reproach on women who are quote unquote barren or who haven't had children. But there's nothing that that woman has done. Or that this, this account says that, I mean, this scripture says that they were walking blameless before the Lord in all ways. So it wasn't a punishment that she didn't have a child yet. God is always up to something and intentional. He held her back from her heart's desire for a specific reason because he had a specific call for her as a mother to a specific um, person we know in the John the Baptist. Anyhow, verse eight, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense, an angel appearing to the priest. He probably never seen that before. I think it's safe to say he had never seen that before. Um, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. That's how we know he probably had never seen that before. 
But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. John. Very good. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord. And he goes on to give him instruction about what about about the way that he should raise John and what he should and should not do. In verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. I want you to remember this, too. Zechariah asked how this is going to be important later. Verse 19, and the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. In other words, do you know who I am and who sent me? <laughs> and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And it goes on. So um, verse 24, and after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and for five months, she kept herself hidden saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my approach among the people. So I'm going to stop there. We just said a mouthful. So what's going on here? I want to take some time to break this down. Again, this is going to be important to our point. If you get patient with me, you'll see how it all fits together. Zechariah and Elizabeth walked blamelessly in the commandments of the Lord. So he made just this small mistake. Well, not really. I don't want to say it was small. He didn't believe God, but he made one mistake and he was stricken mute. So he was punished for not believing the word of the Lord. Um, and he hadn't done anything wrong. The scripture said he had walked blameless. You know, sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes visible people, pastors, ministers, priests make mistakes. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to justify any mistakes that need to be punishable by, by law. Y'all understand that. Right. But what I'm saying is that good people, people who know God and follow God, make mistakes and fall short sometimes. But we know by the scripture um, that that's why um, James and I think there's a passage in Luke. We can go over there, actually, that says to whom much is given, much is required. When you're a teacher, more is required of you. So um, we will see in a minute. Actually, before I get to that point, let's go ahead and look at what happens with Mary. Um, go with me to the book of Matthew. Hmm? I'm fine. Thank you. Chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I'm sorry, that is, uh, that's not the one I want. Hold, hold your place there. <laughs> I think we're going to go back to Luke. We want to look at Mary and when Mary encountered the angel, Gabriel. We're going back to Luke, actually. Yes, sorry. So we're going to go to Luke 1, 26. We're going to read down below. Okay. Verse 26. 
Luke chapter one. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now let's take a step back. When the angel Gabriel came to Zechariah, what, what, what was his reaction? Fear. Fear. But it says here that Mary was troubled, but she took time to discern what was going on before he went straight up to fear. Okay, take note of that. All right. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Amen. Verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now, Zechariah asked, how can this be? Because my wife is old. He similarly asked the same thing, right? How? It's a natural response. And, and 35, and the angel answered to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So there's been six months between when Gabriel visited Zechariah and Gabriel is visiting Mary and giving her this message. Um, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse 37, for nothing will be with, impossible with God. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So I just kind of wanted to create that contrast of Zechariah, the priest, who, who has been teaching and ministering to people. He's a leader. He's an authority. He's spiritual authority. And his response was fear. And he was punished for that because to whom much is given, much is required. But Mary, who had been taught by Zechariah, see, that's why you can't get upset when people who have been teachers and leaders among you and above you make mistakes because what they taught you that was truth is still truth. Amen. Even when they don't do it themselves. But she, because she loved God, first of all, we know that's why God chose her, because she was a woman of great faith. But because she trusted God and not Zechariah and how he might fail in the future. There's a message in here for someone who will hear it because she trusted God and not men. Her response was, you know what, before I go to fear and, and decide to be afraid, let me see what's going on here. Let me see what he's saying. And then when he told her something that was impossible, that had never been done before, that she would have a baby and that God, the Holy Spirit would come and impregnate her. She said, be it unto me. She received it. She received something like to us. We're familiar with the story. So even though we know it's a miracle, it doesn't sound as as foreign to us, but Mary had never heard this before. There was no model for it. And she said, be it unto me. So Mary was a woman of great faith. We know that. And she was obedient to what she had been taught by Zechariah, who didn't even obey what he was teaching. Amen. Okay. So God chose Mary. God also chose Elizabeth. So we know that Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary. From the daughters of Aaron is what the scripture said. 
So Elizabeth was a Levite priestess. Elizabeth was anointed, okay? Um, she was Zechariah's wife. And according to some historical accounts, she also taught Mary. Um, so Elizabeth was past menopause when she conceived. And during that time, menopause could have occurred any time between the ages of 40 and 60 years old. So we're not really sure how old Elizabeth was. But this is what we can see from the scriptures, that Elizabeth also had great faith, that Elizabeth had great discernment, and that Elizabeth had great strength. Okay, so come on, ladies who are pregnant or who have been pregnant, mothers. Um, can you imagine going through your entire pregnancy and your spouse not being able to say anything to you? Not any words of comfort. Baby, it's going to be all right. Just there. Can't talk because they disobeyed God. Elizabeth went through an entire pregnancy not being able to talk. Well, she could talk to her husband, but not being able to hear from him. I'm sure they probably passed. Let's think about this. See, we hear these stories, but we don't really think about how these people lived through these situations. Can you imagine? And I'm sure that women who have spouses who are deaf and mute can probably relate to this and it's not so different. But imagine living your life as a wife to a man who had not only been able to speak and had all of his faculties, but he was the priest, he was the, he was the mouthpiece in the church or in the temple, the tabernacle. And now he was unable to provide any encouragement aside from notes that he could write. You know, I'm sure he's thinking faster than he could ever communicate. He wasn't prepared to be mute. He didn't know sign language. You see, so like this was, this was something, this was like significant to a woman whose world was, his, was already changing. Well, you know that when you're expecting a baby, everything is changing and you're multiple adjustments. And not only was she pregnant, this was her first child. And she was up there in age according to the time. So it wasn't just, oh, well, Zechariah can't talk and Elizabeth is, you know, going on and having the baby. But this was something significant that Elizabeth had to push through. And we know from that, if we think about it, that she was a strong woman. So God chose a woman like this to bear John, who was the forerunner of Jesus. So we, we're talking about, and God chose Mary, but God also chose Elizabeth to bear John. He was intentional in the type of woman that would bring forth this life and nurture it so that he could become who he was supposed to be so that Jesus could take his place. Amen? Amen. Okay. So I also want to look at the fathers that God chose. We've already talked a bit about Zechariah and how Zechariah doubted and contrasted that with how Mary believed when, when Gabriel came to her. Um, and that to whom much is given, much is required. Now, Zechariah made a mistake, but the scriptures say as soon as John was born, he, he came back talking, talking about what God had told him. And so we know that there was repentance that had taken place. And Zechariah was able in the end, after months of being mute, to stand in the office of priest once again and father and speak a blessing, a prophetic blessing over his son. So Zechariah's one mistake wasn't like it didn't end his life. OK, he was able to come back from it. But God chose a man like that. You know that if you were you were unable to talk for nine months that that's a life-changing occurrence that's going to impact everything that you do and say um, for this child. So God chose a man, a, a godly man, a man who was um, well-versed in the law, what they, that's what they call the Bible at that time, um, to raise John, and also someone who was fast to repent once he had an opportunity to. Now I want to talk a little bit about Joseph 
And that's where, um, if you held your place, that's where we're going to go to Matthew 1 and um, 18 through 25 to check out Joseph and how he received Gabriel's message. Now, when I was looking at all this, I was like, you know what? The Lord had mercy on Joseph because unlike Mary and Zechariah, he was not, he did not encounter the angel while he was awake, but the angel came to him in a dream. So I, 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 God knows how much we can bear. Amen. I mean, it's, that, that's not necessarily in the scripture in that way. We paraphrase scriptures, but God knows how much we can take. So I think that the Lord was merciful to Joseph to let him receive news like this in a dream. So he didn't have a chance to mess up and say the wrong thing like Zechariah did. You know, God knows his children. Amen. <laughs> Verse 18 of Matthew 1. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was to be found with child. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit and her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. So we know, one, that God chose a just man to be Jesus's earthly father. Um, Verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So, yes, they were engaged, but during that time, just the customs and the way that they did things, they were betrothed. So it was almost like pre-marriage. There was still a commitment there, and he would have had to divorce her in order to um, dissolve that marriage contract. Verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Gabriel was working overtime saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And it goes on. Um, and we know. So, so there are a couple of things that we need to think about here. Again, today we're spending some time to really be intentional and to put our minds in the scripture, to walk through the lives of these characters, to really understand what they were going through. Um, so Joseph, by the time Joseph was laying down dreaming and hearing from Gabriel, he already knew Mary was pregnant. And we already know what kind of man he was by the fact that he hadn't already had her stoned for being pregnant, that he was considering putting her away quietly so that nobody would know what happened. So that's the kind of father that God chose, what kind of earthly father that God chose for Jesus. And not only that, but that's the kind of co-parent that God chose for Mary. See, God cared so much about what he was trying to do for us, for all humanity in bringing Jesus here that he was very intentional. He set up the right supports all around so that Jesus could do what he needed to do. Um, and I, I submit to you today that, you know, we, we who are joint heirs with Christ, who are to do greater works than Christ, how much more will God set up the right support systems around us so that we can do what he called us to do? Let's have the faith of Mary today, amen, and receive what God wants to do in our lives even when it looks impossible and trust God to be able to provide the support and the resources. Y'all ain't saying amen, but I know somebody agrees with me. Amen. <laughs> That's all right. We're a little low key today. I can't be too animated like I want to be. Okay. <laughs> all right. So 
we we talked about a, a little bit about Mary's bio, uh, bi biographical background. We talked about Elizabeth and some of her attributes, and we took a look at the fathers that God chose, the earthly fathers that he chose for these very two important people who basically have changed the course of our lives by the fact that they came here and did what they were supposed to do. So I want to talk more in depth right now about Mary. So we know that Mary had great faith to be able to receive something so impossible and so unheard of and unthought of um, from that from the time before she heard from Gabriel. Um, she was brave and courageous. And so how do we know that? We know that because she was able to receive from God this this God's plan and what he wanted to do with her and in her, knowing that if the wrong people were around her, she could be put to death. Um, she was a teenager. She was young. And she said, be, be unto me. Listen, having a baby in 2017 is not like it was in um, seven before Christ. OK, in the year seven, there was no hospitals. OK, there. I mean, I'm sure they had midwives because I mean, people have been being born since the beginning of time since Adam and Eve. So obviously they knew a little something by then, but they didn't have any ultrasounds. OK, they didn't have any blood tests. They couldn't they couldn't tell whether you were low iron and give you an iron supplement, tell you this will make you feel better. OK, there was a lot that they were really anybody in ancient times, whether they knew Jesus or not or, or knew the Lord were you know, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. They were operating on a level of faith that we really won't functionally know unless we really get in with God, because I mean, when it was dark at night, it was dark. OK. <laughs> Um, they were walking everywhere on a donkey or on a camel, you know, in that part of the world. It wasn't easy. We know convenience. We know technology. We know modern advancement. There were none of those things. So we know that Mary, like every other mother of that time, was courageous and brave just being able to say, hey, I'm going to be a mother and have this baby. You know, we don't have official records of infant mortality rates or, or the mortality rates of mothers dying in childbirth. But I can tell you right now they were a lot higher than they are now. So he chose a brave and courageous young woman. Um, he chose a woman who offered praise. If you look, um, and we won't go there, but I know you guys are, are familiar, should be familiar with Mary's response. So like when Mary and Elizabeth came, when, when Mary came to visit Elizabeth and the baby left in her womb, y'all remember that from your Christmas stories? We're only five months away from Christmas. So from last Christmas. Seven months from next Christmas. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to scare you. No, it's still just May. Um, but, but five months ago was Christmas 2016. Okay, so if you remember the stories that are told um, a, a lot during that time, Elizabeth, um, the, the baby leaped in her belly when she encountered Mary and she began to prophesy that you're blessed among women, women. And Mary responded with a song of praise. My soul magnifies the Lord. So Mary was a woman of praise. That's, who, that's the kind of mother that God chose for his only begotten son. And then as we see later on in scripture, after Jesus is here, that she, sat, that she was mindful of and supportive of her child's call to ministry, her child's purpose in life. Um, let's look at um, the account of Jesus at the temple when he was 12 years old. And that can be found in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 41. Excuse me. 
I'll give you some time to get there and take that time to take a sip of water as well. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 41. <coughs> Excuse me. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they could not, or excuse me, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, imagine being away from your 12-year-old son for three days. Oh, Lord. They found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So let's take a step back again. We're walking through the lives and these actual moments in the, in the lives of these biblical characters who were real people, not just characters. Um, so can you imagine being three days without your child? without a family member and not knowing where they are. Okay. And then when you get there, you got, you have the frame of mind instead of like to cast aside all the worry and all the doubt and even the anger and even the <laughs> putting down and, and even forsake the laying of the hands <laughs> to see, look, we found him. Okay. I'm relieved, but he is teaching. And not only is he teaching, but he is teaching with authority. Okay, so verse 47, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. They were not mad. They were not, Jesus, come here, we've been looking for you for three. It wasn't like that. It was so astonishing. It was so astounding because they had the presence of mind to realize Every moment of their lives that they're raising the son of God, they were able to be astonished instead of being distracted with being annoyed or being afraid. OK, talk about being mindful of the child you're raising and not letting the things that try to distract you, distract you from seeing that child as they really are functioning in the way that they are destined to function. Like, uh, I, I just give, I mean, I, as a parent, I look at that example and I try to aspire to it every day. Um, so, but they did say to him in verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. So she did let him know. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his, and, and his mother, Mary, treasured up all these things in her heart. Verse 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. I am convinced because of the way that the parents responded and the way that Jesus likewise responded, he submitted to his parents immediately he was able to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Well, what does the scripture say in Ephesians? Children, obey your, right. Why? That it what? That it may be well. So it was well with Jesus. 
It was well with Jesus because he did what he was supposed to do. But I submit to you, it was also well with him because his parents did what they were supposed to do. And it, um, that's also in support of my point that God chose Mary and God chose Joseph. He knew what he was doing. Because you think about it, a man who is facing an adulterous woman, according to the, you know, a human worldly account, not being able to receive that she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. If he didn't have lots of patience and restraint, he would have had her stoned. And we see this restraint here. He didn't say nothing, <laughs> you know, anyway, but, and we know he was there and he know he was astonished just like her. But we don't have an account of him saying anything. He was a patient man. And I, I believe that was part of God's plan. I don't know about you, but I can just let I, I have an active imagination and every imagination that casts itself above the knowledge of God. I cast down like the word says, but the imagination is submitted to God. I let it go. <laughs> I think because I want to be in this world and understand this, because if I can understand more about the perspective of what's going on at the time, then I can understand the word better. Amen. Amen. All right. So. We know that Mary was a woman of great faith, that she was a woman of praise and that she was mindful and supportive of her child's call. We're not going to go there, but you also remember that Mary was present at the first miracle at the wedding when Jesus turned the, the water into wine. And what did she say to them? She said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. She was supportive of her son and his call, um, mindful of it at all times when she was raising him and even when he became an adult. Um, so we said, one, she had great faith. Two, she was brave and courageous. Three, she offered praise. Four, she was mindful of and supportive of her child's call. Number five, she sacrificed. So remember when I told you to just kind of keep a mental note that according to some historical accounts, Mary was the daughter of a wealthy man? I want to take you to Luke, the second chapter, once again, verse 22. And I want to show you something. It's Luke 2, 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they, that's Mary and Joseph, brought him, that's Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Verse 24. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Well, let me tell you what the law says. In the book of Leviticus, a woman who has a child, whether male or female, a male child, you, there's less days. A, a female child, I think, is double. Um, so I think she had to stay out 40 days with a male child, 80 days with a female child, I believe. But anyway, this is the point here. They presented two turtle doves. Now, in Leviticus, the choice, the option is, a lamb and a turtle dove. But if you can't afford the lamb, then you, you, you bring two turtle doves. So at, the point, uh, at this point in her life, Mary, who was raised, historically speaking, by a wealthy man, had become an impoverished young woman. So she sacrificed. She became poor. She who was rich became poor. Just like he who was rich became poor. She became poor. She sacrificed. And then she literally sacrificed because they brought the turtle doves, right? 
<laughs> you know, but Leviticus 12 verses four through seven, if, if you want to make a note of that and go there later and look at it for yourself, which you should, um, says that you bring a lamb and a turtle dove or you bring two turtle doves. So she didn't have it. OK, um, so she sacrificed for him and we know that she sacrificed for him in so many ways. She sacrificed the dream wedding of the time because she was pregnant. She was with her man for nine months and couldn't know him and be known by him because she was carrying the Holy Son of God. So there were multiple sacrifices if we let our minds think about it and concentrate and really get present in the life of Mary, according to scripture, she sacrificed. Well, we who are mothers, we know very well that we sacrifice. We who are children, we know very well now that we're adults that our parents have sacrificed for us. So being a mother is all about sacrifice. Um, and I want to say this, she was there at the beginning, the very beginning, even before conception, right there present as his mother. And she was there at the end when he had to endure the cross. She was there for him throughout his life, every stage of life at the appropriate level. You know, she let him be the Lord. She didn't try to cover him and say, no, Jesus, you can't do that. She didn't try to control him, but she mothered him from an appropriate distance and supported him throughout his life because that's what a mother is called to do. You can't have the same level of proximity as a mother to a one-year-old as you do to a 31-year-old. You just can't. You got to let your children go. Amen. You got to let your children be adults. You got to trust that everything that you've instilled, that everything that God placed you in their lives for has been done. That's your job to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do to impact and raise that life, not to live that life for them. So Mary was there and Mary was a faithful mother. So, again, I want to recount these attributes that we can see in Scripture. She had great faith. She was brave and courageous. She offered praise. She was mindful of and supportive of her child's call. She sacrificed and became poor. Now, the good news is we know they became rich because the Magi, the, 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 the three kings came and gave them, you know, enough to live off of. So she got it back. But it, but she sacrificed um, in, in that way and in other ways. And she was there at the beginning and stood throughout his life as a mother from the first miracle I mean, of, of his coming to his death to the unimaginable task of bearing a child. No woman should have to do that. Mary had to do it. And Mary was a faithful mother. Just to surmise all of that, she was faithful. So I want to submit to all the mothers in the house that just like God chose Mary, that God has chosen you. I want to submit to everybody in the house that if you are the child of a mother, and that's all of us because none of us got here by ourselves, that your mother was chosen for you. So God has chosen you mothers. God knew your child before he or she was in your womb. Okay, so what we can take from Mary's life is one, never take your child for granted. That is a person who God knew before they placed that child in you. He placed that child in you. He knew what that child was going to become and he chose you and it's your responsibility and your great reward to be able to bring that to pass. So don't take your child for granted. Yeah, they do little naughty things and they bad and they run around and they mess up your house and they tear up your bracelets. Well, that's just me. <laughs> um, but there is something in that child that, God, that only I could foster. That's why God gave him to me. 
And you know what? It doesn't matter how that child got to you, whether that is a child of your womb or whether it's a child that you adopted or a foster child, any child that's under your care. Don't take that child for granted because God has placed you intentionally in that child's life to make so that the things. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So that what ha, what needs to manifest in that child can come full, can, can come to pass. And it can't a child cannot be what it needs to be without you. OK, a child and a child is not an it. I'm sorry. Your child cannot be who she or who he is supposed to be without you. And you taking your place and doing what needs to be done for the call, the purpose of their life to come forth. Mary had Jesus so she could never take him for granted. She always had to remember who she was raising. I mean, that was just a life changing moment. But I'm here to tell you that it was a life changing moment when I found out that Destin was coming. And let's remember the wonder of that, even through all of. You know, the, the, the inconvenience and even the sickness and all of that. Let's remember that this is a special thing that God has done through us. And that there's a special person right here forming and developing. So we also can take from Mary to model strength and courage um, because that's what she did. A good, faithful mother models strength and courage. And I'm here to tell you today that no matter where you think you are on the spectrum of having strength and courage, God wouldn't have chose you to be a mother if you didn't have strength and courage in you. You have everything you need to be the mother God called you to be. He wouldn't just call you to be the mother of your child or your children if you didn't have strength and courage. Amen. God chose you because you know how to praise. Now, this, isn't, this obviously isn't for every mother. This is for the saved mothers. This is for the mothers who know God. Okay? God chose you to be the mother of your children because you know how to praise him. You know how to model praise, and you know how to praise God no matter what comes. Okay? God chose you because you can be mindful of and support your child's purpose in life. God chose you because you are the parent your child needs to be great. God chose you for your sons or daughters on purpose. So you are blessed and you are highly favored. Treasure and take care of the gift God has entrusted to you. But most importantly, you take care of the gift that you are to your child. It's your responsibility, mothers. And those of us who have mothers or who are not yet mothers, there's a message in this for us too, for you too, because I'm a mother. You take these steps. See, we not, has anybody ever heard anything like this before? Okay, so you who are not mothers yet, you have the opportunity to apply these things and think about these things. You know, you have some time on us who are already in it. And for those of you who just, you know, the men and, and, you know, who have mothers, support your mothers, give praise, give thanks, be intentional. Remember everything that she has done, everything that she has sacrificed, every time she has modeled praise before you, every time she's been a model of strength and courage before you. And you take that and take everything that she said and done for you as a part of what you needed to be who you are meant to be. Okay. It's intentional with God always. He intentionally chose Mary. He intentionally chose Joseph. He intentionally chose Elizabeth and Zechariah. He intentionally chose you. So you chosen ones, lift up praise to the Lord for being chosen. 
whether you were chosen to be a mother, whether you were chosen to be a child of a great mother, whether you were chosen to be a child and you can't really see that your mother was that great. I want you to know that you got everything you needed from the one who stepped in to be your mother. Hallelujah. And when all else fails, we have everything we need from the father to be everything we need to be. Oh, Lord. So that's where we model praise. That's where we give you praise because you've given us strength. You've given us courage. You've given us faith. You've given us the ability to be all that we need to be. And we will not be afraid. We, we will receive the word of the Lord. We will receive that which is impossible and know that all things are possible with God. Oh, Lord, we bless you today. We thank you for this journey. We thank you. Oh, people, if you want to stand to your feet, you can and just offer God praise. Hallelujah for making you. Hallelujah. The woman that he created you to be. Hallelujah. You have everything you need. I feel like there is somebody who has felt that they were not worthy to be a mother. If that's you, I want you to come forward right now. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Amen. I want to pray with you and let you know that you have everything you need. And not only that, but that God is pleased with you. Hallelujah. If you don't want to come up, that's all right. I know you're here anyway. Hallelujah. Be encouraged today. Be strengthened today. Hallelujah. Know that it was not a mistake. I don't care how that child got here. It's never a mistake. It's never a mistake. Oh, Lord, we bless you today for the word. We thank you, Lord God, for coming into this place and teaching. Hallelujah. We thank you for who you are and who you created each of us to be, whether we're mothers, men or women. Lord, you have you. We are your handiwork. It is you who made us and not we ourselves. And you have been specific in your divine design. You've been intentional in your design. We thank you for what you want to do with our lives and through our lives. We thank you for what you want us to be to those who are around us. And most importantly, we thank you for who you created us to be so that we can glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may take your seats if you can. At this time, I just want to, I want to, if, if you need prayer for anything, I want to invite you to come. I want Alan to come and stand with me. If you need prayer for anything, or if you are here today and you don't know Jesus, but you want to know him.